Welcome to the Untold Secrets of Mortgage Leaders. I'm Richard Greaser, VP of Marketing at Sales Boomerang, and my guest is Brian Waldron, Senior Vice President of Lending and Chief Lending Officer at Hudson Valley Federal Credit Union. Brian, great to have you on. Great to be here, Richard. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Um, I'm fired up for this episode. I love credit unions and uh, I love working. I love talking to the the folks who work at the credit unions. So let's kick this off. Um, Why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about you, your background and, um, you know, where you are today. Yeah, great. Thank you. So I am at Hudson Valley Credit Union, Poughkeepsie, New York today. It's about a six and a half billion dollar credit union just outside of New York City, about an hour north. Um, we are on the train line, so we can get down to New York City if we want to and enjoy the city there. But otherwise, we're up here kind of in the country, um, if you will, a little bit upstate. And so it's just a great place to be. Maybe not this time of year when it's cold, but uh, it is overall, it's a great place to be. Uh, very successful credit union, um, but I've spent my career in credit unions. I actually started with a credit union at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, as a uh, student volunteer and kind of worked my way through as I graduated college. I started then went to Chaco Credit Union, over to um, Dayton Area School Employees Federal Credit Union, and then to Universal One Credit Union, where I was the left there as the AVP of Operations, overseeing lending and uh, the frontline staff there and several branches. And then went to Scott Credit Union in Edwardsville, Illinois, as the VP of Consumer Lending, and then was promoted to the Chief Lending Officer there. Spent about five years at Scott Credit Union total before I came out to New York, and that's where I've been since October of 2017. Man, Brian, the resume is fantastic. I love it, right? You've got your credit union chops, but the real resume that people aren't going to see online is that you've got twins and I've got twins, right? So that's how we connected originally, and just so everybody understands, um, we were, there was like a post that was talking about you know how... How many times a week on average do you hear the word like literally? And Brian responded and was talking about how much he hears it because he's got two. He's got twins, right? And then he's got an older kid too. So that was hilarious, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was great. So I do have twin uh, 14-year-old boys and an older boy who's 18. Uh, But Cody and Ethan are my 14-year-old twins and they just celebrated their 14th birthday on the 20th. So literally, I hear literally a thousand times a day. And I will probably say it in this episode a couple of times just because it flows off my tongue very easily. Well, I was, um, I was telling you that I'm just past the pilot season with my (laughs) twins being two years old and you're in like season 14, you know, I can't even imagine what it's like. It's a whole new plot and the characters have changed, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's like Marvel X-Men. You never know who's going to come at you next or what's going to happen. It's a little wild, but it's been a fun ride. I'm not sure my older um, son believes that. You know, he was he was an only child for about four and a half years before they came along. But uh, you know, it, it's it's a wild ride, and all I can tell you is hang on because when you think you got it, there's literally a curve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, look, let's transition into this topic here because it's a great yeah. one. Um, you know, a lot of the credit unions I talk to are super passionate about their members. And I think it's the same as, as for you as, as, I've, as we talked in kind of the pre-show. But I think what's really interesting is how passionate you are and your team is about employees. And that's awesome. You don't hear that a lot, actually, at least spoken about a lot um, uh, with a lot of the credit unions that we talk to. So that's kind of the theme for this episode. And so... Um, what I would love to hear is, um, you know, I know you're really p- passionate about like building teams and nurturing talent. So let's start with team building, right? Like what, just tell us why is that important to you? 
Well, I think, you know, there, it's so important to build teams, and there's a couple of reasons why. The first one is I think credit unions are all about their community, right? And I truly believe that being a stewards of our community, we need to create better employees within our community who can be better uh, members of society in general. We need to give them opportunities to learn, to grow, to advance their careers with us so that they don't have to relocate or go to a different facility to do so. I think having that passion for employees can will spill over into your community and resulting in so many different things. For example, you know, I believe it's important for employees to volunteer, so we allow them volunteer time. I believe it's important for them to be on boards if they're in the management level or above, sitting on and, and actively pursuing that. I think it's just really good to really just trying to drive home, you know, what we do best and allow our employees to continue to grow and be better members of society. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've all seen the difference between folks, you know, who are just not into what they're doing, right? Versus people who are really passionate about it. We've seen that definitely in the service side. You go in and order a hamburger and someone's like, what do you want? You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, all right. Well, let's let's talk about the difference between good and great. Like, what's the difference between a good team and a great team? I think a great team is one where you're all pursuing the same thing and you're all you all understand not only the common goal, but you're striving to beat that goal and really exceed that expectation. And everyone understands their part and isn't afraid to step in when appropriate. You know, I think the big thing about building a team is, you know, that a lot of leaders don't understand is the active listening that we have to do. And that's really, as we kind of talk later in one of the programs we developed, it was really that active listening as leaders that we did internally. I think, you know, a lot of times leaders do not have all of the answers. So in order to continue to build leadership, you need to listen to your team, take an active role, let them talk kind of, you know, finagle things around and kind of work through their own difficulties and then step in when appropriate. One thing I learned very early on as a manager is that my words mean something in the room of subordinate employees, right? So as soon as I speak, the entire room will change their opinion on something a lot of times. So most of the time, I'm the last one to speak in the room. I want to hear others' opinions before I really kind of dive in and, and give my synopsis of it. Yeah, that's interesting. So would you say you've got a lot of uh, yes, people in the room, or would you say people that think for themselves in general? Well, I think after building that, you know, and, and really learning to listen first, there's a lot of people who are, you know, they'll, they're, they're not yes people. They will talk a lot. They'll give their opinion. They'll kind of differ amongst each other and they understand that. I think having a lot of yes people is just not a good plan to move forward and really get those active roles established. So, um, there's one thing that we talked about before that I think is pretty awesome in you're in Poughkeepsie, right? I am. And so, and so from what you told me, there's a lot of brain drain, like talent that, that gets, um, you know, you're right next to New York, the city. Yeah. And so, um, a lot of folks get wowed by like the higher salaries and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and you end up losing a lot of talent. And so you've done something really innovative where you're kind of got this program where you're hiring internally. And why don't you just tell us a little bit about these schools you've created and like a little bit of why you created them. Yeah, great. So the credit union um, before 2019 operated in a four county market area, just out, again, just outside of New York City, about 60 miles north. The interesting thing is being on that train line, uh, those who live here in Poughkeepsie can travel down to New York City, to your point, have higher salaries and, you know, maybe have a different job. Uh, you know, where they can get that promotion. And so as we kind of look at that, we were developing employees and then they would leave us and go down to the city or go somewhere else. And so we really had this drainage of talent here in the area. And where do you get people who understand underwriting, you know, specifically mortgage underwriting or real estate underwriting, even consumer underwriting to a point. And so what we did is we kind of, you know, sat down together with our 
talent team and our SVP of HR. And we just kind of hammered out some ideas. And what we came up with was this university style of lent, or excuse me, this university style of learning and teaching employees. And so we created the first school we created was the consumer lending university. And in that program, we invited employees regardless of what position they had internally to apply, and they were to sit through a school and become uh, more acclimated to our consumer lending area. That's cool. And so that's like anybody, right? Like tellers? Anybody? Absolutely. Tellers. We had branch supervisors. We, we had a lot of branch loan officers who would input the loan, but didn't really understand what happened on the background. So they didn't understand the processing, the servicing, the underwriting, and they were able to learn that. And this was a group of, you know, dedicated employees that, you know, they had to go through a, you know, an application process. And then um, the great thing is there was classroom learning and then hands-on learning where they actually would sit with members of that team and go through. You know, we didn't really talk about this in the beginning, but it sounds like there's cost associated with it. Like you guys invested in this. And so like your time, the people's time, we put the course together and whatever resources, like that's pretty awesome. Like, can you talk a little bit about what, what is the investment that you guys put yeah. in for like per employee? Yeah, the investment's a lot of time to your point. So we had our um, AVP of training and knowledge management. She was really in charge of kind of developing the course and what that looked like. The AVP of consumer lending and the manager of consumer lending were then, you know, developing what they were going to say internally and kind of how to go through the systems and look at it and, you know, how to navigate through. And then there was the time of the employees outside of their normal course of business sitting down with an underwriter and really watching them perform the work and even sometimes taking the mouse and keyboard and really performing the duties themselves just to kind of get that hands-on experience. So absolutely, there was a lot of time dedication. Uh, we, we, we kind of averaged it out. It was about two hours uh, per week for the employees that were going through the class. And the class would last anywhere from 10 to 12 weeks, depending on how quickly we could get through the information. So again, you're talking a lot of time and, and investment there. Um, as far as my personal time, you know, I kind of oversaw the process, but I was able to go through and, and or go down into the classroom and they would meet and talk with the employees and really kind of add some excitement. Um, as my AVP used to say, he didn't really want me doing any of the hands-on work because I would mess them all up. But, uh, you know, I was able to sit there and kind of go through that process with them and kind of walk them through and build excitement about what they were doing. And it's always nice for an executive to be in the room kind of building that excitement for a teller or a branch supervisor and kind of having that one-on-one -on -one time. It also gave me a chance to listen to the employees to see what their feedback was on not only the university, but the credit union in general. And so we were able to kind of take some changes from there as well. Wow. That's like 20 to 30 hours of uh, time for the employee that you're literally investing. You know, you guys are just paying for absolutely. it. Absolutely. Right? That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally awesome. And that really is an investment towards the future, which is really what I think is awesome to see in, in, in businesses in general, right? When a business is investing in that future, you're not going to get that immediate return, which most folks are just chasing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I will add, you know, and that's a great point. And we have seen that, in, we, maybe not immediate, but we have some return on that. So we did our first, first school of consumer lending about two years ago. And eight of the 10 original employees that have gone through that program have actually received a promotion with internally within the credit union. I believe six of those into our consumer lending area and two to other areas of the credit union as well. So very, very exciting to see that return over a two-year time frame. Oh, that's awesome.
Um, well, so how have the how's how have the schools worked in terms of like helping you educate your employees and like keeping just keeping them around retention, right? Employee retention. Yeah, perfect. Well, you know, it provides that opportunity for growth, right? And so we've even changed our job description internally for our consumer lending area, saying that you know it's it's either two years experience or consumer lending school. And so I think oh, cool. yeah, so it really helps out when when people apply. They don't you know you see that two years of consumer lending experience and. You know, sometimes they're trying to piece it together. Like, oh, I was a loan officer here. I did some processing here. And you're trying to match it all up. And here, it just really gives them the ability to say, look, I went through this university and I learned a lot. And now I'm ready for that next step in my career. And I want to be clear, it doesn't just end with consumer lending, right? I mean, you know, as I'm sure we're going to get to, we've developed this entirely throughout our organization as we kind of sit through this. So our next school that we're going to run is a real estate school as we, you know, as, as, as we kind of walk through this and we're working with local universities to kind of say, how do we build this internally for our accounting area, even our HR area? How do we give people the, you know, build that talent internally so that we can start building bench strength throughout the organization? Yeah. I mean, if you invest in someone like you're the way you're describing, if someone else comes to them and says, Hey, let me poach you or something like that. You have just, that person is like, no, this, this organization invested in me and made me who I am today, right? Like you are putting up walls around that employee, literally and creating loyalty, which is, I use the word literally right there, by the way. <laughs> I heard it. I, <laughs> just like, I've been counting now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, uh, you know, I got one more question, a couple more questions sure. for you. So, so we're in the midst of a talent crisis. Everybody's hearing about this. It's getting really hard uh, to hire, especially um, you know certain categories like you know technical talent stuff like that. And so, in the mortgage industry, you know, what what role do folks like yourself play when it comes to attracting talent and like building uh, great teams? Yeah, that's a really great question. And you know, it, not only is it building talent, but right, it's also the the absorb or the loss of talent internally. To your point, the real estate market has seen an extreme impact because of you know um, stealing employees from other institutions and trying to get those employees who have experience to underwrite or to process as they kind of go through this refinance boom. And so we have really tried really hard to hold on to those employees and make our work environment better for them. And so we continue to build internally by giving them the opportunities and really listening. Uh, you know, for example, if we have a real estate underwriter one and they want to be an underwriter two, which means they, you know, know more about secondary market and how to underwrite uh, to those, you know, we're, we're providing that talent or we're providing that education to them to do that, you know, and we're providing them the opportunities to, to grow and continue with our organization. Look, it's much easier to say, you know, hey, I'm going to leave this job for, you know, 2,000, 3,000 more a year over here and, and the ability to work 100% remote. But to your point, if we build those walls around the employees and we continue to invest in them, we have seen a lot of re employer retention. Um, in fact, I think I just saw the number yesterday, and so I don't want to speak too too far to turn, but I believe in our real estate market where there's been just an entourage of people trying to steal employees, we've had about a 96 uh, retention rate, 96% retention rate within our real estate department, which is phenomenal. Wow, that's incredible. So I see, we usually see that with a lot of credit unions in terms of like once they do a loan with a, with a borrower, yeah. you know, not like over 90% of the time they actually come back. That's what we do. You know, we help co companies retain um, borrowers. And that's just amazing to see that you're getting that kind of results with employees as well, uh, which is fantastic. Yeah. So um, let, let me just ask you this. If, if there's somebody listening right now who maybe they're at a credit union, maybe they're in the mortgage industry, 
What advice do you have for them if they're trying to get better at finding great talent and uh, building a great team? I think the first thing you have to do is look internally, right? I think the easy thing to do is always go external. And I understand for certain positions, it's easier to go external. But I think to to really start to realize where your talent gaps are internally, you have to look at where the talent is internally. And sometimes it's not always you know, something that we, that we have. So we need to develop it. And so I think it's really, you know, taking the time and investing in developing ways to, you know, to develop that internal talent. Um, and it's a lot of develop there. I should be using literally somewhere in there, I think, but, uh, no, I think it really is just kind of looking at the overall scope and trying to say, how do we build this talent internally and where do we find them? And if I can't find them right here, how do I get them there in a year? And I think it's just taking the time to do that. You know, employees, I have found that employees are really satisfied and really, you know, they, they score better on the employee opinion surveys and things like that when you're, when you're taking the time to invest in them. And I think you have to look at your overall surroundings. We understand that here in Poughkeepsie, New York, there is a talent drain. And, you know, this is not Austin, Texas, where you can go next door and find, you know, talent everywhere. We understand the talent drain here. So we are also looking at our local economy and our local area that we serve and trying to develop that. So I think it's just taking this overall picture and really trying to see what you can do. But there's no harm in developing internal talent. And so spend the resources to do that. Um, you know, I think I shared with you before we had the conversation here is, you know, the other thing it does is it gives you the opportunity to kind of look at all aspects of your business. So for example, we just did a branch reorganization. And so it was just a structure internally and how we had it, how we had employees there structured. And we realized that we probably had too many employees in some of our branches. So we were able to kind of absorb the extra positions, you know, um, as, as, you know, people left or did different things or got promoted. But the other thing we did is we were able to offer them a chance to go through our real estate lending school that we're, we're getting ready to roll out to understand processing and servicing of real estate loans. And so we were able to retain talent that way too, by giving them the opportunity to stay with the credit union, but completely change course in their career. And, you know, there's a lot of satisfaction in that. So now they have some operation experience. Now they have some real estate experience. And so they'll just be a better employee for the credit union. That was fantastic. Well, look, Brian, um, uh, like it's all about creating uh, better employees of your credit unions, better borrowers. I love the theme for this episode. Thank you so much. Um, I think I want to give you one more option. If people, I just give you the, the opportunity, if people want to connect with you after listening to this, maybe they want to work for Hudson Valley. Maybe they just want to reach out to you. Do you want to throw out... Um, your uh, email or, or anything like that, or just tell them to reach on LinkedIn? No, they can Well, they can reach me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's very simple. Brian Waldron, Hudson Valley Credit Union, or they're more than welcome to email me at waldb at hvcu.org. And happy to reach out to anyone that uh, would like some more information. I love it. Brian, thanks so much for a great discussion. And I didn't say this before, but you look great for having uh, twins, raised twins and an older <laughs> kid. <laughs> Besides that, I just want to say you look so young. Well, I feel like by the time I'm your age, I'm going to look like I'm like 100. <laughs> you know, maybe it's the camera or the lighting. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap it was, I appreciate the opportunity to talk today. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. See you next Absolutely. time. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please give us a five-star rating, subscribe, and tell all your friends about the show. We at Sales Boomerang started this podcast to elevate the mortgage lending industry by sharing the kind of exclusive insider knowledge from the successes and failures of the best of the best. The foundation of every successful lender is borrower retention. Sales Boomerang is the number one fully automated borrower retention system in the industry. 
one in two of the biggest lending companies in the United States use Sales Boomerang to make sure they reach out to their borrowers when they need a loan, and more importantly, before their competitors do. If you want to learn more about Sales Boomerang, check us out at salesboomerang.com.